You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, I'm Bob Ambrogi. And I'm Monica Bay. We've been writing about law and technology for more than 30 years. That's right. During that time, we've witnessed many changes and innovations. Technology is improving the practice of law, helping lawyers deliver their services faster and cheaper. Which benefits not only lawyers and their clients, but everyone. And moves us closer to the goal of access to justice for all. Tune in every month as we explore the new legal technology and the people behind the tech here on Law Technology Now. Hi, I'm Monica Bay, and along with Robert Ambrosi, I co-host Law Technology Now. Thank you for being here today. Today's guest is Roland Vogel, who is Executive Director of Codex, the Stanford Center for Legal Informatics. And I am a fellow at Stanford at Codex. We're going to talk today about the upcoming May 20th, fourth annual Codex Future Law Conference. Roland, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much, Monica, for having me. Would you start us off by telling us a little bit about what you do and how you ended up at Stanford? I uh, came to the U.S. about 15 years ago as a student at the Stanford program in international legal studies. Initially, I thought I would be here for one year, and then I uh, really fell in love with uh, Silicon Valley and California and the energy and enthusiasm of Silicon Valley. And so I uh, was looking for ways to stay here and soon found an opportunity to work in a law firm. I worked in a law firm for a while as an IP lawyer. And then we started a new LLM program at Stanford, the LLM program in law science and technology. And they were looking for a teaching fellow. And that's how I came back to Stanford. And then sometime into that job, then I became executive director of the program in law science and technology. And in 2005, we started uh, Codex, uh, the Center for Legal Informatics. Codex, from uh, its beginning, was somewhat unusual center. It's a joint center between the law school and the computer science uh, department. Uh, our mission is to bring information technology to the legal system and make the legal system more efficient for all stakeholders. And so our uh, general motto is legal empowerment through information technology. Tell us a little bit more about the development of it in the early years and how it got to where it is today with appears to be quite a, a focus on startups and focus on ways that we can use technology to help the profession do better, faster, cheaper, transparent work. Yeah, so we started very much focused on, on research as a, as a center that, that was focused on um, you know, bringing technology to the legal system. Our specific focus area, what we call computational law, and that's where uh, you know computers can understand legal concepts and we can automate and mechanize certain legal processes. So in other words, it's you know trying to bring the TurboTax model to other areas of the law. So we had a few research projects that we did early on where we looked into how you know this approach can be uh, leveraged in uh, you know in software that um, say architects use to you know construct buildings so they have the local uh, construction ordinance built into the software they're using so they don't always have to kind of go back and forth or we were looking into how this technology can help in the context of uh, licensing content online. When we started working on this project, you know, the issue of online piracy was just really exploding. And, and we were looking for, for very easy ways uh, 
technology-enabled ways that would allow people to very quickly get access to rights and content. And so they can do these mashups and create these exciting user-generated content pieces. And so those are some of the early research efforts, still very much focused on the whole realm of computational law. Last couple of years, of course, there's been a really a growing interest in the whole area of the big data law and machine learning and natural language processing in the law. Uh, and some of the people in the center are focusing on that kind of work. Like just to, to answer your questions, I would say that about five years ago, we have sort of uh, opened our doors to the world and we've started inviting more and more people in who've been working on legal tech, interesting legal technology projects in uh, their research or in a little startups. And so we've become somewhat of a community of people who are innovating in the space. And I remember there's a lot of people who came out and he came to one of our events and, you know, were surprised that they found others who were working on similar problems. And I think that, you know, we started playing this kind of connecting function. So we've kind of built a little community around Codex and we're really excited to, to play that role. And we're trying to bring uh, all these innovators uh, together and make connections that would otherwise not occur. So I feel like this uh, community of very early stage innovators, then we have you know, the large information providers, then we have some more mature startups, and then we have the you know, folks in, in, uh, in law firms, lawyers and CIOs and so on, and we're trying to be a place where all these people can come together and, and share what they're working on. And, and I think that helps us as a research center, you know, advance our work and, and give us more insights and knowledge. And that I think will benefit our, our students who are interested in developing their careers in law and maybe more, more specifically in legal, legal technology. In this last year, there's been some very visible companies that have been very successful, particularly Lex Machina that was just bought by LexisNexis this winter. That group was very involved with Codex. How do these successes help build the community and help Codex and other folks who are interested in startups and in computational law? Yeah, thank you, Monica. That's a great question. So Lex Machina was the brainchild of uh, Professor Lemley here, who's uh, a leading patent scholar who focused much of his scholarship on empirical uh, patent work. And his desire was to, to just get deeper into insight into what's happening in the, pat in the IP system and created this uh, resource first as, a, as an academic research project here, trying to create this database that tracks uh, IP litigation. We started with patents and now it's other areas in IP or all other areas in IP. Um, and I think now, actually, after the acquisition with LexisNexis, they're trying to bring this kind of um, big data analysis uh, approach uh, to, to other areas of the law, uh, not just to IP anymore. So we put together a group of uh, very passionate innovators in the space, including Josh Walker, who's a co-founder of Codex. And we created this resource at Stanford. And then at some point, we felt there's an opportunity to bring this to the market as a startup. And we did, we did a spin out. And it was really the first spin out from Stanford Law School. And we were very excited that it was so successful. It succeeded in the marketplace. It became... I think really associated with this movement or this trend towards, you know, bringing kind of data analysis and advanced uh, data anal uh, analytics and machine learning 
uh, to a particular area in the law, and I think it helped uh, spur people's imagination of all the things that can be done. And so it's been really great to see this company. Then Josh, actually Josh Walker, was then uh, left Lexmarkin, and Josh Becker, who's also uh, I think a real innovator in, in the legal tech space, took over as CEO, and then he led the company until the acquisition by by, by Lexis. There was so much excitement, um, I think, in mainstream big law too, because they were able to go in and if you were going to be litigating someone, you could go in and easily look at who were the judges, how did they tend to rule, and all this information that they could go in and analyze and say, wow, you know, we know this, 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 and about their cases so much like ours. And it, it sort of gave them ammunition on it, I think. But let's change the, I interrupted you if there was something else you want to say, and then I want to dive into well, our meeting. So. How this helps us is just, it, it shows, I think, a potential path for exciting ideas in bringing technology to the law. And the people who were, the people who who made this happen. I think they're now continuing in other ways, in other forms and uh, innovating in the in the legal system. For, in, for instance, Josh Walker is now in Airbus's Silicon Valley office. Uh, they have uh, some an innovation office and he's the general counsel there and he's, uh, you know, continuing his sort of new kind of innovative uh, approaches to, to legal management uh, over there. And so I think for us, uh, it was really exciting to see this company take that successful path and then being acquired by, by LexisNexis. And I know that they now have an opportunity to bring this to the next level and bring this model into other areas of the law. And I think that will ultimately also further Codex's mission, which is, again, empowering legal empowerment through information technology. I think that the Lex Machina approach provides deeper insights into how the legal system works and how the stakeholders in the legal systems are, are operating just by making it easier to get access to that information. So, so I think it's a win for, for Codex, for Stanford Law School, for all the people who contributed to make it happen. And, and I think also for, for, for society, ultimately. And I think it's also good for LexisNexis. Uh, I, we're all so excited about May 20th when we're going to have the fourth annual Codex Future Law Conference. From my point of view, this last year has been just an amazing year. I sense a lot that what's going on and what we're doing is gaining at an exponential level rather than a linear one. And the program that you and your team are putting together for the 20th is really, really exciting. Can you talk a little bit about uh, who's going to be there, what the topics are, and to kick it off with the wonderful Jim Sandman, who's going to be doing the keynote, who I had the pleasure of being on a panel with him last year, which was an ABA program right after a Codex. And he's unbelievably inspiring. I just cannot wait for his keynote. So tell us a little bit about the agenda. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so we're very excited. We're going into the fourth year of, uh, of this conference. And we hadn't, you know, initially when we had the first <laughs> Codex Future Law Conference, you know, it wasn't meant to be a, a sort of an, an annual conference. But uh, it seems like there's so much happening in the space. And and the, the people really enjoy the conference that we, you know, that we decided to continue the effort. And so we're, now we're already in the fourth year and, and God, those years have been <laughs> flown by very quickly. I think we, I think we need to change the title too, because it's not future law anymore. It's now, <laughs> but we may have to change the title next year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so like you said, we're thrilled to have 
Jim come out, the president of the Legal Services Corporation. He will uh, give the opening keynote. It's talking about the, the technology revolution, lawyers and the courts. He's asking, you know, why so slow and how can we accelerate the change? Then the opening after this, the opening panel will be on, it's entitled, Hot or Not, What's Meant Beyond? And so, <laughs> uh, as we already talked about a little bit, is, you know, uh, uh, data analytics technologies are, you know, all the rage, you know, not not just in legal, it's all across uh industries and uh, different industries. And so, uh, yeah, Watson's in a lot of people's mind. And so we asked the, that panel is asking the question, so what's real already and what's a little bit, um, you know, what's still just uh, kind of marketing buzz uh, around Watson and, you know, what other technologies are in use. And we have really a, a stellar panel of people that, of experts, you know, that will be moderated by Professor Dan Katz. Uh, who's at uh, at Chicago Kent College of Law now? We have Noah Weisberg from Kira System, uh, Khalid Alkofani of Thomson Reuters, uh, Charles Horowitz of Mitre Corporation, the Center for Judicial Informatics, Science and Technology, uh, Andrew Aruda of Rost uh, Intelligence, and Hima Lakaraju, um, who's a, a, a doctoral student focusing on machine learning and criminal justice system. Uh, uh, context and, and so that's that's our uh, opening panel. We'll then have a quick session by um, LegalZoom founder Eddie Hartman, where he's going to explain to us um, uh, the UK's uh, alternative business structure. Um, oh, great! And how LegalZoom has uh, created its own ABS um, in uh, in the UK, uh, and how this you know, allows for significant advancements in legal technology and the delivery of legal services. Um, so after that uh, session, we'll um, have an update on computational law. As I said, Codex really focuses uh, much of its energy on computational law. Um, and we also have an amazing uh, lineup for, for, for that panel that will be moderated by Professor Harry Serden. Then we go into the lunch session. After lunch, we have a fun fun session, uh, which is uh, titled the Moot Court 2020, Legal <laughs> Tech on Trial. Imagine it's the year 2020. The plaintiff, a dissatisfied attorney, has brought suit against the entire legal tech industry, alleging that the claims and promises it made in 2016 amounted to fraud and false advertising. So it'll be very interesting. We have a, uh, we have a fun session. We have great uh, counsel for the plaintiffs and uh, great counsel for the defendant and uh, great judges. So it will be, I think it will be a very enlightening session. Then we'll go into our uh, breakouts where we talk about uh, barriers to legal tech adoption and possible solutions. We have a session on the new legal tech communities. There's in different places around the world, there are communities forming, you know, not just in the U.S. Uh, around Codex, but there's, you know, a community in New York, there's a community in Toronto, there's uh, a lot happening in Germany and England. And so so we've, we're bringing people together uh, who run these communities and, and they will share some of their insights from serving as catalysts for, for these kind of legal, legal tech uh, innovation. And then we'll have a, a panel on uh, legal technology in the academy. We have um, a couple of law profs talk, sort of share, you know, what's uh, cutting edge in the academy, what are people thinking about in the academy uh, in the legal tech space. 
And then the final two sessions, I think, are very exciting too. You know, the role of te- technology in reforming the criminal justice system. Our Codex uh, fellow, Cole Shanahan, has really been spearheading really interesting work here at Codex in the realm of uh, you know bringing technology and data science and machine learning to the criminal justice system, and she's working closely here with folks in our uh, Center for Criminal Justice and folks in the Computer Science Department uh, to really help us understand better, you know, what's what's going on in the criminal justice system. And we have an amazing lineup for that for that panel, too. And then we'll close out the day with uh, a panel on on e-government, and uh, you know we have also uh, a great lineup for that for that panel. Governments around the world are investing heavily in technology to become more accessible and more transparent. And so we have um, uh, uh, the closing panel that's going to be on on that topic. So that's you know maybe a somewhat lengthy discussion of what's ahead uh, for our f- future law conference. We we have about we expect about. 200 or 300 people to come. And you forgot the best thing, which is the reception at the end of the thing where we're all, we will all enjoy beverages and conversations. I should have started with that. Yeah, at the end of the day, we'll have a reception. It's, it's an opportunity for, you know, really this community to come together. And it's always a lot of fun and great energy. Also, uh, as sort of something that's actually not on the agenda yet. Nicole has been uh, working very hard to put together a little kind of virtual reality uh, experience Oh wow! Uh, for the participants in the conference. And so, so that's a little bit of a Kind of. Uh, last year we had uh, the robots. Little, last which, year we had like robots and beams, and this, yeah. this year we will think about how virtual reality can, oh, can be used in a, in a, uh, in the future of the law. And uh, so yeah, so we're very excited. I can almost guarantee nice weather. I hope I hope that folks will will come out for 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 the conference. Well, we're running out of time, but I want to hit one more uh, issue before we do, and I want to give you a chance to make sure we tell everyone how to sign up. And uh, this will sound completely self-serving, but last year it did fill out, and this year it it's likely to sell out. The last one I want to go to is something that I know, Roland, you and I both feel very, very strongly about, which is diversity in our profession. One of the constant complaints that we've heard is that at a lot of conferences, there aren't very many women. And I know that you and Nicole uh, have worked very tirelessly to make sure we have women on the panels. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that and uh, perhaps uh, mention some of the folks who, the women who will be uh, seen? Uh, For those of you who may not be familiar with this, uh, the legal industry has a huge problem with pay gaps for women. Um, it's now 18% at big law, the, the difference. And there's a 17% across the board uh, gap uh, in legal. And Silicon Valley in the tech shops have only 20% women. So there's been a lot of activity trying to, and, and I've been very passionate about this. I do, I do a feature uh, at ALM called Stem Cells where we profile women um, from all stages of their careers uh, for science, technology, engineering, and math, and to really encourage girls that they don't have to be perfect to be in jobs and so forth and so on. So tell us a little bit about your efforts to make sure we had women um, very visible in our conference. 
Thanks, Monica. So I think we have a, an amazing lineup of uh, of women at this year's Future Law Conference. I wish there would be more. It's not an equal balance yet. I think women are doing great in law school. I think enrollment rates at law schools are really a testimony to you know how women how well women are doing in university and in law school. You know, in terms of the numbers you mentioned already and the pay gap and so on, they're not doing as well as men yet, and that's that's very unfortunate. And I hope that. Uh, you know, once my my daughter is in the in a workplace, which will be many years, that that it will be really equal pay for equal work in technology. Like you already said, Silicon Valley has a you know real disparity of women in, in on on boards and te- technology jobs, and so that's I think also a little bit reflected in legal technology. That said, though, we have weekly meetings in Codex where we bring in innovators working on really exciting ideas in legal tech. And we've brought in so many amazing women that um, are working on uh, really great projects. I mean, from Laila Banjamali, who's going to speak on the, on the conference, Hima, Lakaraju, Colin Shien, so many uh, amazing women who, who really push forward the legal innovation agenda that I'm very optimistic and excited about it. I, I think it's also exciting that the White House has a, a female uh, CTO, Megan Smith, and I hope we'll get her to come to Stanford at some point. She actually is the, the daughter of the principal of of my son's uh, elementary school here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> of uh, Nikki Smith, yeah. And so so I think it's a great time for women to go in, into technology, and I think uh, some of the, the hurdles are, are getting, uh, getting lower and I'm certainly trying for, for Codex uh, to feature, you know, the, the really interesting legal tech innovator women we have in the programs we're, we're putting on. And Future Law is just one, one example of. Well, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative of what you've done. And, and I'm thrilled to be one of the people who will be monitoring at the program. And I thank you very much for inviting me on that. This is a topic that we spend a lot of time on uh, on the Codex blog. If you have ideas on that, I certainly encourage you to reach out to me on that. I'm I'm one of the bloggers on the on the site. Um, we are running out of time, so so Roland, could you tell the audience how do they get involved with Codex, uh, be it the upcoming event or the weekly meetings, and how can the listeners reach you if they want to uh, 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 talk with you? So we have, um, uh, our website is at codex.stanford.edu, and there are two mailing lists that people can sign up for. So one's the general Codex announce list, that's for our larger events, and the other one's the Codex group meetings. And the group meetings are every Thursday at 1.30 Pacific time. And we, uh, we webcast those. And so, um, so people can easily, like, you know, if they put their email on that list, they will see who's coming in every Thursday. And then they can participate uh, also uh, remotely. And obviously, they're also welcome to, to, to drop in at Stanford if they're in the area. And, yeah, you can always drop me an email or call me. My email is rvogl at law.stanford.edu. And my phone is uh, 650-723-8532. And yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Terrific. Well, it's just been an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast. And I thank you so much. I'm looking so forward to the future law. Um, Any last minute uh, uh, things you'd like to say to our audience before we sign off? 
just uh, I think uh, it's an exciting time in our space, and I think um, folks, uh, you know, interested in legal technology, uh, you know, as practitioners, you know, they find you know ample new ways to deliver their services to to their clients and finding uh, new ways to to leverage technology. I think you know also for people who who want to create new technologies and have new ideas around technologies, we want to serve as a as a sounding board and as a community that can help you know in in this process. And so yes, thank you again for the opportunity and and I hope to see you at at Future Law or any of our other upcoming events. Well, thank you again, Roland Vogel, Executive Director of Codex, the Stanford Center for Legal Informatics. You can reach me at mbay at codex.stanford.edu. I'm on Twitter at Monica Bay, M-O-N-I-C-A-B-A-Y. The next edition of Law Technology Now will be with Robert Ambrosi. I'm Monica Bay, and again, thank you for being with us today. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.